What's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Copon. It's September 20, 2023, and this is Lift and Learn, episode 125. In this episode, I'll talk about how to work out and still make progress with minimal equipment. This is possible, and I'll teach you how to do that in that part of the episode. And in the second topic, I talk about how to train clients who don't work out on their own, or maybe they just simply don't listen to what you prescribe. So that's one for the personal trainers out there. Before that, though, I'll talk a bit about what I've been up to lately, and that might include fitness-related topics, and it might not. If you want to follow me, your host, on Instagram, it's isaiah.copon, and you can also check out my website, isaiahcopon.com. The podcast is on Instagram, at Lift and Learn Podcast, on Twitter, at Lift and Learn Pod, and also on Facebook. You can just search Lift and Learn Podcast. With that being said, let's get into it. Right off the bat, and I might have talked about this before, one of the best things you can do for your mental health is exercise. There's been many studies on this. I know it's definitely something I lean towards when I feel like I'm drained mentally. Now, the type of exercise could shift. That might not mean an all-out workout, but at least some kind of exercise will be beneficial in this regard. It's been shown to increase mental clarity and just increases those feel-good hormones in your body and brain, so throughout the body. Something else that could help would be meditation. This is why lately I've been doing some yoga classes and Pilates classes when I have the time. There's always a portion in those classes where you're just working on breath work and connecting with that. It's also a time where I could just get away from the constant stimulation we get from life in general, especially from electronics like your phone or whatever it is. It's an hour class where I could just be with myself, no distractions, and that's one of the biggest factors, especially these days when it comes to getting a hold of your mental health. Some people have taken to deleting social media in general, or at least one of them, whichever they feel like is interfering with their life the most. That's a good practice also, but exercise comes out on top when it comes to bettering your mental health or improving it. Over the years, I've had so many clients who come to this realization all by themselves, without me even bringing it up, like they'll, t- uh, they'll think about canceling a session, but they still show up anyway after I convince them and we end up going through with the workout. We'll talk a bit about what's going on lately with life in general and they tell me they're just mentally drained, whether that be from work or kids or just whatever else is happening. And halfway through the workout, they'll tell me that they already start to feel better just because of the exercise especially when it's appropriate for the person we're talking about here. So honestly, that's what I'll suggest when you're feeling those times where you may be feeling down or overwhelmed, those times where you tell yourself that you don't have time to go, or if you're too stressed or whatever it is, some form of exercise will help you. It'll only have like a neutral to net positive benefit if you actually do some kind of exercise, unless you do too much. Exercise could just mean a few minutes of stretching or yoga. Maybe it just means doing some push-ups or curls with resistance bands. That's enough to just get your body going, raising your heart rate a bit, challenging your body to just do something useful instead of our modern-day lives, which has just increasingly gotten lazier and lazier. Something else that could help with mental clarity, some kind of socializing. Even if you're an introvert, being around others, especially family uh, family and those you love could give you like a serotonin boost. They've shown this in studies where you'll actually get those feel-good hormones going, and this is healthy. This is the main reason why 
wine or, I mean, people say like it's healthy, like, trust me, it's not the antioxidants that you're getting from there. That might play a minor factor, but it's more of the social aspect when it comes to gathering with friends or family and having a glass of wine. That's different. That's not going to show up in the study. But yeah, you you being around others that you actually enjoy being around, that's always going to be beneficial for overall health and especially your mental health as well. Don't get me started on what the pandemic has done to the older folks that are in my family and others that I interact with on a daily basis. Just losing that social aspect of being face-to-face and going out and doing some activity in a good environment that you enjoy, that did a lot to our health in a negative way. Speaking about social events and such, uh, I recently went to a party with some interesting characters, to say the least. I had to go to this party near Toronto. It was a pool party for a dad and their nine-year-old. A nine-year-old. No, he's only one. And their birthdays were pretty close together, but... I really only knew the parents of the child, like at the party, that's the only people I knew. So I actually had to go out there and socialize with people I've never met before, which is like a little bit uh, frightening, but whatever. It was still an interesting night for me. A lot of successful people at this event too. That's what I remember the most. First, there was this one girl studying like pancreatic cancer and hearing those advancements was pretty cool. Just the fact that it's such a hard type of cancer to really diagnose and get to the bottom of. Also, because the surgery is so invasive and by the time it's spotted, it's already too late. That could mean days or weeks to live at that point and we haven't really found a way to detect it earlier to even reverse it. But Hearing about some of those advancements were really cool, but there's definitely still a lot of work that has to go on, especially because it's not one of the leading cancers out there, so the funding isn't there, and it's mostly a mystery as to exactly what's going on, even more so than other cancers out there. And then there was this other guy I talked to. He's currently a lawyer, but was also into acting and Broadway stuff for a bit. He was like a stunt double or stunt coordinator also, but his parents both doctors, along with his brother and sister, so he's like the different one in the family, I guess you could say, but he seems to be pretty successful in his own way. I also went to see some family baseball. That was fun to watch, these like 11 or 12-year-olds. Their conversations to each other were so cute. It was a, I remember it being like a walk-off win, so when the guy had the game-winning hit, they all went out and formed a crowd over him, which was, that was so cool to see. I just, I was just reminiscent to the good old days back when I played baseball. I was around, I think I was like nine when I started. And luckily for me, I was on a pretty high level skilled team already my first time going out there. So it probably like pushed me to continue to be better. And I was never the greatest player, like offensively. I was terrible. I'll I'll be the first to admit it. But I made up for it on the defensive end. You know, that's that's the part that matters. But man, it's changed for the kids nowadays because I remember when I was that age playing, we had like a bunch of cheers we would do as a group while we're on the bench. Like, we want a pitcher, not a belly itcher. I'll never forget that one. Uh, (laughs) I remember there was one uh, we stole from Hardball when we watched that as a team back in the day. And then there was another cheer from Remember the Titans, just basically, uh, basically replacing the Titans in that song with our team name which was the tigers at one point good times man good times and i was planning on hitting another beach day before it got too cold but that did not happen the weather's just colder in the mornings now having to use like a light sweater when i leave the house now 
It's dark in the mornings and dark when I leave the gym at night now because my hours are just crazy like that, but eh, I don't mind at all. I just can't believe it's more than halfway through September already, and this is my first podcast episode of the month, which is so sad. But it is my birthday next week, so I'm fired up for that. And last thing I want to talk about, and then we'll dive into the topics. Okay, I don't want to bore you too much with all this, but Apple held their like yearly iPhone event last week. Same old stuff. Better camera with this Tetra Prism stuff. Gotta toss that buzzword in there. Uh, There's like a better screen, new software that most other iPhones will get also, but they did not announce a new iPad, so that's upsetting. Maybe that'll be in October, but I really need one for work. This new Apple Watch gesture was pretty sick. That was probably like a top highlight of the event because of some stuff going on in the new watch, the accelerometer and whatever else, you can just double tap your index to your thumb to do gestures. Oh my God, mind blown. Or you could do these actions, sorry, uh, using that gesture like stop a timer, maybe music, stop your alarm, which could be just another way to ignore your alarm at an even easier rate. But yeah, that's a pretty cool gesture. Like I could see like myself cooking in the kitchen and then like using that. Like if my, I don't know, my hands are like seasoning ground beef or something like with my bare hands, that, that, uh, that gesture could be very useful actually. That being said, I did order a new iPhone, so I'll have that in like less than a week. Super excited for that. I've been watching just videos all day. So I'm going to the 15 Pro Max for my current 10s Max, which is now five years old. It still runs fine, but it's time to upgrade, man. I need that. I need that camera, baby. I'll still keep my old one around for for sure. Like um, that's probably going to be more of a media device now I'm thinking. So I'll load up my music on there. Podcasts. I like to listen to also, but the new one is that's going to be the main camera in the bag for sure. Question one, how to train with minimal equipment. This can be so useful for everyone because not everyone wants to work out in a gym, especially after COVID people have been making home gyms. They can work out in instead of, I guess, risking yourself from getting sick, or maybe you're just tired of the crowds and there's a convenience factor when it comes to training at home or with minimal equipment wherever you are there's a few ways to train your body with little to no equipment like first off body weight exercises exist they can be very useful when it comes to improving your strength or physique because it can be challenging depending on what you're doing and your own fitness level For an overweight person, doing a pull-up will be difficult and so can push-ups, but you can always regress the exercise to make it easier. You can use your body weight to make an efficient program that uses no equipment. Think about exercises like push-ups, squats, lunges, planks. These exercises engage multiple muscle groups and require no equipment, making them ideal for home workouts. If you want to dive deeper into this style of training, it's called calisthenics. Exercises like push-ups or dips using your couch or your bed or your chair at home, that could work. You can even go to your local park and do these. Just maybe don't do it with the kids around if you're doing something crazy, like you don't want to scare them away if you're doing windshield wipers off the monkey bars or something. These movements effectively challenge your muscles and require minimal equipment. This can be tough depending on your current body composition. The lighter people out there might enjoy these, but if you're a bigger individual, this could be something to work towards or continue to get better in. There's different variations that could work for you if you're on the weaker side. Like instead of push-ups on the toes, you come down to the knees, for example. 
Another way to look at training, a big part of training is how well you move. This means exercise could mean uh, doing your fair share of mobility exercises. Now, mobility drills may seem easy, but if you're paying attention to exactly how your body moves throughout the range of motion, then they can make you sweat too. I promise you will. uh, If you're actually pushing yourself out of your normal range of motion, and more range of motion and mobility you have, uh, the more mobility you have, sorry, can translate to more gains from specific exercises. If you're looking to step it up with a bit more resistance, maybe after you've done your specific mobility drills along with your bodyweight exercises, you can use those TRX bands or even resistance bands. I just talked about these a few episodes ago and they're great. They should definitely be a staple for someone looking to work out with minimal and also lightweight equipment. Lightweight. <laughs> you can make these challenging for yourself if you know how to manipulate the exercise to work with bands, which is a lot easier than you might even think. Incorporate resistance bands to add variable resistance to your workouts. They're, I mean, they're so useful. These bands, they're portable, versatile, allowing you to target different muscle groups by just adjust, uh, adjusting like the tension on them. Again, you can take these, uh, you can take these anywhere. I plan on going on vacation soon and I'm taking them with me because you can easily get like a 10-minute uh, 10, 10 pump in if you need it. You can use them anywhere, everywhere, okay? I'm not even sponsored by the resistance band companies, okay? So this is the truth. If you currently have no equipment or don't want to get any, then you're just going to have to get a bit creative. This might mean using stuff around the house like water bottles or backpacks filled with books or whatever other objects to make it heavy or challenging for yourself. Makeshift weights. I mean, get creative, man. You could do the chairs or use the chairs for tricep dips. You could do wall sits for some leg strength and endurance. During the pandemic, I had some friends and clients do this along with other objects around the house to increase resistance. That meant something like a big bag of rice or a big water jug when it came to doing when it came to doing exercises like rows or even shrugs. I've even noticed for me working in the corporate setting now, some of these tips become useful for myself. When I'm training a client during that afternoon or that after work rush from 5 to 8 p.m., which I literally just came from doing, like today, there's times where you just can't get any equipment or machine while there's a class going on in the studio. Those are times where I'll literally just grab like a set or two of uh, of dumbbells, maybe some resistance bands, and we just block off a little like area that we can work in. I'll just do a bunch of exercises there because if you have a set of free weights, you can hit any body part you really want to. You don't always have to do machines, just some kind of imagination and you'll be able to get it done. That's what I've learned over the years. So yes, you can get a pretty good workout and get great results if you just stay consistent with whatever form of exercise you're doing. It's about just challenging your body. You don't necessarily need a gym membership to improve your health. You can still achieve your fitness goals with minimal equipment by combining bodyweight exercises, resistance bands, a little bit of improv calisthenics for a well-rounded workout. Remember that you don't need a full gym to achieve like impressive results. What'll get you to your results is being consistent with any form of exercise and making it more intense as you go on. Question two, how to train clients who don't work out on their own and what to do when they don't listen. So this is kind of a two-parter question for the trainers out there specifically. And no, I don't have all the answers in the world, but these are some of the strategies I've used over the years for my clients to see progress and kind of shift their mentality when it comes to making those better life choices. I'll delve into what I found to be effective strategies for training clients who struggle with working out 
independently on their own, whatever. So first off, let's tackle how to deal with clients who don't work out on their own. If that's the case and you see this person one to three times a week, the smartest thing to do since that's the only time of the week they're working out, you really only have one choice, full body workouts. That's plenty when it comes to starting out with exercise. On those other days, I'd encourage more movement somehow. Maybe that means walking on their lunch break. Maybe joining classes at the gym could be a good move. But if you're seeing them twice or three times a week, it only makes sense to train a full body split so that they're hitting those muscles more times per week. Frequency is a huge part of seeing that kind of progress that most people are looking for. Obviously, this is going to be much better than a body part split where you're hitting maybe chest on one day or a push workout, then a pull workout or a back day, then an arm day, and then your leg day. That just becomes an afterthought. If this person's only going to the gym one to three days a week, like that's not enough volume throughout the week. Like you're hitting arms and then you're hitting arms like a week later or not even arms, just like anything legs. Like you don't want like a week or like 10 days between workouts. It doesn't make sense. Full body, that's the best thing to do in order to hit the body parts a good amount of times during the week. Not only that, but you need to find a way to tailor the workouts. So I'm talking to the trainers here. You have to tailor the workouts to your client's preferences and, of course, their fitness level. So you need to design routines that are enjoyable while at the same time aligning with their goals. This just increases the chance that they'll stick to the workouts, therefore increasing the likelihood of them achieving whatever goals it is that they have. Find a style of training they enjoy and make sure to incorporate that into their weekly style of training if you feel like, I guess, they're ready for that. I have clients who love the pendulum squat and I put them on there more often. Sometimes though, they do have to do exercises they don't like, but you got to balance it out. Like, obviously, I'm not going to make her just pendulum squat forever. She still practices the barbell squat throughout the week. But uh, if she prefers pendulum squat, maybe two out of three times, like, she'll do that, you know? To figure out the right exercises and routine and routine for them, you can't forget the initial assessment, the goal setting stuff. That's how you figure out any imbalances and opportunities for mobility and their experience with exercise, which I think that's the most important part right there. And if they're only working out with you, but you want them to come in on extra days, a few things you could uh, do for them are to check in. Uh, check in with them when they arrive at the gym or maybe they check in on you or they message you when they arrive at the gym having their workout on the app make sure it's straightforward for them to follow that helps bridge the gap and makes it easier for the client to just get into the gym and start working out because i have some clients who tell me they're like anxious when they're working out like in the afternoon especially if it's like that rush hour time it's like oh i can't do this exercise how do i substitute it do i ask them how many sets they have left like it's just too much for the client sometimes communication's key just like any relationship that helps with their commitment accountability and therefore the more results they'll see as a trainer you should do this you should regularly check in with your clients to track progress provide feedback and then you just make the necessary adjustments this is so important because if the client doesn't feel like they're making progress or if they're just Sometimes if they're just following your lead, they'll just think that they don't need you and they can do it on their own, basically. So keep in contact with them. Make sure you show them where and how they're progressing. Some metrics could be strength in certain lifts or the inch they lose on their waist. So measurements of some sort will be beneficial too. Something that could help them get into the gym more is for them to maybe make friends or have someone as an accountability partner besides you. This could be one of their friends, maybe a gym buddy, a family member, or maybe another client. Sharing their fitness journey 
with someone else can provide motivation and could make workouts more engaging. Now, when clients don't listen, that's a tough one to handle because there's no one solution that'll work in this case. Everybody will be different. That's the thing. But something that's helped me with at least getting them in there consistently and push them to want more is to acknowledge and celebrate your client's achievements, no matter how small they are. That positive reinforcement boosts their confidence and reinforces uh, the benefits of like the consistent exercise. Like You just drill it in their head. This is one that I constantly talk about during my sessions with clients. Usually they look in the mirror and they're like, oh, my belly is popping out today. I just turn around the conversation and just say things like, didn't you just tell me your cousin said you look great this weekend? You haven't seen him for like three years. Didn't you just PR today? We're getting stronger constantly. Like work has become easier to manage. They tell me those are the wins that you need to mention to your clients because they easily forget those. And we all go through this sort of thing or about how the fact that you were moving with less or no pain, unlike before, right? So that's pretty much it there. Some strategies helping you help your clients achieve their goals. It's about changing their mindset and what they're focused on, making sure they're doing the right things in the gym in order to, uh, in order for them to see progress and make it easy as possible for them to work out on their own because they eventually need to be able to do this on their own so they can be healthy for the rest of their lives. As a personal trainer, your job, my job, it's to help people understand the best way to go about being healthier, helping them develop the right strategies to stay consistent with the diet and exercise aspect. Now, it's simple, but it can be very complex, and that doesn't mean it's easy when our environment is so against us being healthier or having slim or fit-looking bodies all the time. And yeah, I don't know. That's pretty much it right there. So that's probably a good place to cut it until next week. And that concludes episode 125 of the podcast. Thank you for listening. If you really enjoyed the episode or my podcast as a whole, then please leave a review and comment on iTunes or whatever your choice of podcast platform is. Also, if you haven't already, you should hit that subscribe button because I'll be releasing episodes every Friday. If you want to follow me, your host, I'm Isaiah.Copon on Instagram. And you can also check out my website, IsaiahCopon.com. If you want to follow the podcast, you can check out at Lift and Learn Podcast on Instagram. And there's also a Facebook page if you just search Lift and Learn Podcast.